Hey Mason, did you know that on July 1st, Yahoo Domain Renewal Pricing increased to $34.95 per year? $34.95 per year? No way! Ridiculous! That's not a deal at all! You're right, it's not, and I do need a deal. You need a deal? I got the deal you need, Andy! Check this out! Transfer your domain to GoDaddy for as little as $6.99 and get a free one-year extension plus guaranteed renewal pricing. GoDaddy.com makes transferring easy and offers loads of extras including hosting, a five-page site builder, and much more. Oh, yeah! Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions do apply. I want you to see the site for the details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. What are you listening to after today's episode? How about a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up? Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast today for details. This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you to all to MuggleCast. Hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Dobby, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce MuggleCast to all of you. Thank you, thank you. Because game shows, surgeries, travels, oh my! This is MuggleCast episode 158 for September 15th, 2008. Looking into the future. All right, we did it. We came back with another show. And some of you guys thought we weren't going to do it. I didn't. I did. Oh. I knew it. See, it wasn't so bad of a wait, was it, audience? No, no, it was no. great. Love you guys on the well. Oh, they're going to get the pitchforks on. It's awesome. You know, it's been about a month now, and a lot has happened since we were last podcasting. Uh, Mikey, you've been sort of keeping track since you are the MuggleCast news anchor. Well, what's been going on with all of us? Well, you know, it actually has been a lot of different things going on. I don't think you could possibly put together a more random list of stuff uh, than I have right <laughs> here. But but one of our co-hosts uh, moved over to England, be it for a short period of time. Um, one of who, our who was who the who is this person? No, he's giving I, all I the can't, first. Oh, I can't reveal oh, I that. You guys have to you know you have to guess. It's a game. Um, okay. so, yeah, speaking of games, um, one of our co-hosts was a contestant on a nationally televised game show. I guess they're trying to move on with their career a little bit. Um, <laughs> one of our co-hosts went under the knife. Um, what? We'll talk about that a little bit later. And another one got their own personal trainer. I don't know who that was, um, Andrew, but... <laughs> Smart person, whoever that yeah, was. Um, He's trying to say fit. And uh, one of them went to a screening of uh, the sixth Harry Potter film. What? Yeah. But it's not coming out until July. I know. What? How, no how does that happen? I don't know how that happens. And one of us went to a live Harry Potter podcast that wasn't MuggleCast. Repeat, not wasn't. MuggleCast. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll let everyone try to figure out who matches up with what, you know, events. Uh, in the meantime... It's just us three for right now. Laura will be joining us later on. And we're going to call Eric. His computer's not working. So we're going to give him a call and talk to him about 
uh, which one of those, I almost spoiled it, which one of those uh, he was involved in. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Matthew Britton. So before we get to the news, uh, let's reveal all these. Uh, Which one should we reveal first? Well, um, I think it's pretty obvious who went to the screening of Half-Blood Prince. Uh, Yes, that was Eric, of course. Uh, Of course, Eric. If you have any type of web, face, MySpace, Facebook, sort of, Twitter-ish. Or just go on MuggleNet. Or that. Yeah. We'll call him in a bit to figure out what, uh, how the hell that happens. Yeah. How about the game show? Who went on the game show? Um, I believe that was me. Oh, that was you? Yeah, I think so. Ah, yes. You oh, yes, that's right. Ah, it was this yeah, one. Yeah, it was that one. It was the Price is Right. <laughs> Matthew Britton, come on down. Oh, my gosh. Oh You're my the gosh. next contestant on the Price is Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we went on uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday. And we got the interview process. Just real quick story. We went through the interview process, and Matt and I were there, and John, our Noe. friend John Noe and Bree Bishop, and we were all there, and we all got interviewed in a, in a group together. And um, you know, we came out of it feeling really good. We were like, we both did really good. Mm-hmm. You and I, in particular, even yeah. John and Bree were well saying because that. because we knew when they were going to interview us, we had to be really you know enthusiastic and yeah, really yeah. personable. So we were, we were all over right. it. So we did really good. But unfortunately, we can't tell you the full outcome, but. Matt um, didn't get picked until uh, the very end, the very last round. Yeah. So you can sort of gather what happened from there. But <laughs> It was so much fun. I mean, because you, oh, you really can't hear yourself. Yeah. You can't, well, you can't hear them call your name. Yeah. So they wrote it on a big piece of paper and they flashed and I got, up. And I got to take the piece of paper with my name yeah, on it home. Big. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, that episode will be airing November 5th. So if you want to see Matt... Uh, get caught down, and you'll see me in the audience flabbergasted when that gets picked. <laughs> and also John and Bree. Um, we're, we're, if you're looking out into the audience, we're in the top left corner. We were all the way in the back corner. Literally in the back, but it's right where the, the, the big price is right sign is. Yeah. So you'll, of course, see us when Mac gets called down. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in other news, um, one of us, uh, the personal trainer, that was me, it was, only, it was only for a couple weeks, but I am going to the gym now. I'm going to be more active in my life. It's good. Uh, it's Michael, which, wh- thank you. Which one were you? I was the one who uh, attended a podcast that was not MuggleCast. Oh. Why? Why? How could you do this? Well, you know, it was, it was. I think it was like a Wednesday night in the in the city, and it was after work, and I figured, you know what? I know PotterCast is in town, you know. Sue, John, Melissa were all there, and I uh, hadn't seen them in a long time. I think it had been sure. not since um, the J.K. Rowling, uh, which is like a reading, I think, at uh, yeah, in October. Carnegie Hall. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. had been quite a while since I saw them, and uh, it was a good opportunity to go listen to them, hang out, and it was a good time. 
Cool. Good. Cool, cool. And uh, Laura was the one who went under the knife. That's right. She had to have a little surgery, unfortunately, but she's all better now. She's yeah. She's all good. Um, and was that it? Uh, no. There's one more. What was the other one? Um, yeah. One of us picked up and moved to England. I guess that kind of limits the uh, the remainder host to choose it's from. Elisa. Elisa, yeah. She, she's now... Um, at Oxford. She's taking school. a semester at Oxford in England. Mm-hmm. And funny story, her roommate was actually a girl who came to see us at Portis. Really? But it was completely random like they didn't you know sign up together or say they want to be together they just happened to be picked together to uh, be roommates yeah, right and it's just how does that She's happen i mean elisa yeah it's crazy and there's a picture of them together uh from portis on facebook but that was crazy so and what about everybody else the- i mean what about jamie and ben and uh jamie jamie's jamie's getting a job He's getting oh, really? a job because he needs some money, so he's getting a job there huh. in the UK. Ben's back at Notre Dame, and I think that covers everyone. So that's what's been going on with What's us. going on with Kevin? Do we know anything about Kevin? Kevin's at school. No, Kevin's got a job. Oh, Kevin's, Kevin's got, got a job. Yes. Right. He, he has graduated. Oh, yes. That's of right. course Kevin graduated. I'm living in 2005 still. Well, um, so that's what's been going on with everyone, and we hope uh, all of our listeners have been doing very well as mm-hmm. well. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like MuggleCast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast for your free audiobook. And there's been a lot of news over the past month since we've last spoken to you. Um, one of the big things, and there was actually a Muggle mini-cast about this, uh, which was Micah and Eric, uh, Alan Horn issuing the statement about the Half-Butt Prince delay. Uh-huh. So um, I guess what are your guys' thoughts would probably be the, the best question to ask because you can listen to 35 minutes worth of Eric's and my thoughts, but mostly Eric's thoughts yeah. on the uh, <laughs> on the Muggle minicast. Well, Warner Brothers actually tipped uh, a couple of the fan sites off beforehand because they wanted to get this announcement up online as soon as possible. Because as everyone knows, there was this huge fan outrage. I think it was stupid. Well, okay, when they when uh, someone from WB called me, they were like, "Yeah, uh, keep an eye out. I'm going to be sending you a statement from Alan Horn soon." And I'm like, "Oh, geez, if they're letting us know about this beforehand." This must mean they're doing something for the fans. You would think, because why would they warn us beforehand? If Yeah, it's definitely something big. Yeah, so that's what we thought. But, you know, then we get the statement. I think it was stupid. If, if you know, this is just an apology. It's just adding more fuel to the fire. Right. There is nothing in the statement that could calm the fans down. You know, if I might offer a little silver lining. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. It was stupid. They shouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the... Oh, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but there was this one statement that he said, like, we care about our Harry Potter movies or something. Fans. We care about the fans. Yeah. yeah. What? We no, care about the fans. No, they didn't say we care about the fans. They said we care about the movies, not the fans. Um, no, they, they were talking about the integrity of the films and trying to do the best they possibly could with them. And I think there yeah, was also a part he referenced... Um, Harry Potter fans as well. Let me see if I can. Mm-hmm. Find uh, please it. be sure that we share your love for Harry Potter and would certainly never do anything to hurt any of the films. Right. Yeah. 
So um, the statement was just worthless. We shouldn't really spend any it more really, time on it. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about um, the silver lining, because I thought that was the worst part of the entire statement. I felt yeah. if he had removed that line of the silver lining where he says that um, silver lining is a shorter wait um, from this movie to Deathly Hollows. Right. I thought if that sentence was left out, the statement was fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was overall, like you said, an, an apology first and foremost, and I just don't really think it did anything for the average fan. It's, it's, yeah, it was great that he came out and he made a statement. He's the president of Warner Brothers. You have a very high official doing that because of the situation, but mm-hmm, what does mm-hmm. that do having to wait now? What is it? Maybe more like 10 months, but even still, it, nobody's happier about it after the fact. No. Yeah. It, it doesn't make anybody feel reassured at all. Yeah. Just really... I mean, disappointing. Then there's that other news that the pushback decision was made about three to four weeks before they made the official decision, which was uh, uh, August 17th. So they had made it between July 17th and August 17th. And just, you know, uh, whatever. I I wonder what made them want to change it. I mean, if if it's something that happened three to four weeks before, why? I mean... What they realized it? that the Dark Knight was making a ton of money, right? Because that was right after the Dark Knight came out. So now that's almost the top. Why can't they just say that? I, I don't really don't get it. Like, well, it, because whole, that 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 comes the up whole Alan me. Horn statement j- just just dug WB into a deeper hole. Yeah. Anyway, well, no, <laughs> it dug them a big pile of money. The whole Dark Knight. N- thing. Yeah, but I, I'm talking about hatred from the fans oh yeah well i i think at this point now mid-september i think everyone is relatively calm um yeah well because we accepted the fact that there was really nothing we can do except wait another 10 months yeah um so speaking of half blood prince micah what was our big surprise among MuggleNet staff members well the big surprise would be that eric actually attended um, a screening of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince last week in Chicago. Um, and it was also attended by David Heyman and uh, David Alan Horn. Alan Horn. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it would be interesting to know kind of the interaction that took place between Eric and somebody like Alan Horn. Um, but I, I don't really know if he spoke very much with him. We can ask him, I'm sure. But... Uh, kind of wondering what went on between him and David Heyman because he said he did have a conversation with him uh, after the film was over. Uh, Well, how about this? Let's find out. Let's give him a call. All right. Here we go. I care more about that than than what he thought of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Eric. Hey. Hey. We're recording MuggleCast. Hey. Hey. Oh, Wow. Yes. Oh my god! I'm gonna I want to be a cast? Yeah, yeah, I know it's first for you. Um, so we just started talking about the screening, uh, and I guess we'll ask you a couple questions about it, and then you know you can get into your whole big thing. Um, but first of all, I sure. think what everyone has been asking is Eric, how the hell did you you out of all the people in the world, out of all the people in uh, the wonderful city of Chicago, end up seeing this movie? Well, if that's what everyone wants to know, I, I must uh, <laughs> I must assure everyone that it was uh, random. 
I know I got I got a lot of emails myself too saying, "Oh, sure, it was random that that you just happened to to see that." But no, really, the story is I got an email from MovieTickets.com, which is where I buy my tickets. You know, I buy my tickets online. Mm-hmm before going to the movies at the movie theater, which is where they had ended up having the screening. So through whatever demographic diagnostics they ran, I was one of the guys they sent an email to saying, there's a screening of a movie. It's expected to be PG-13. They didn't say what it was. You have to call an RSVP. You can bring yourself and your guest. And I was like, okay, well, okay. That sounds interesting. I didn't know what it was be. No clue at all. So I called, I called up Kristen. I said, hey, you want to go see a movie this Saturday? And she's like, sure. So I called them, gave our name and our age. And then we basically got, they said, fine, just show up, print this thing out and show up in the theater. So, I think, yeah, it was completely random. I think in the past what they've done is they actually just, like, if people are walking in the movie theater, they are, like, walking on the street, they just pull them aside and, like, hey, uh, we need help screening a movie. Can you help us out? So this is a yeah, new high-tech yeah, way. Yeah, you're, well, uh, there's that, too. Um, someone next to us in line had, had seen Tropic Thunder the previous weekend, uh-huh. and then they got pulled aside. So it was kind of a variety of different ways they got sort of people to yeah. show up. But they, they certainly didn't have a shortage of people. Uh, there were a couple hundred there. I don't know if they had to turn anyone away, but... Um, yeah. Definitely, so, if you RSVP online, you can get turned away. But yeah, there were there were tons of people in the theater too, and we didn't know what it was going to be. And that was that was actually the the shock. Yeah, of yeah. All, is the, is because we heard them saying that the demographic was fourteen to seventeen year old girls, and so <laughs> they were looking for people. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was going to be Twilight. Yeah, we were sitting in line, and the girl in front of us had this Twilight button. I don't know. Maybe you guys will get a kick out of this. It said. What was it? Breaking Dawn. I was bitten. Took by my breath Dawn. away or something. I was no. Uh, I was bitten by Breaking oh, okay, Dawn. Yeah. yeah. I, I was bitten by. Bra- so we're like, okay, this is probably going to be Twilight. Yeah. You know that'd be cool because it was still a month away from right. that. So we wanted the whole thing thinking it was Twilight, uh, and then you know turned out to be David Heyman was walking up the side, and and yeah. I had seen him on uh, was it the Gobble of Fire red carpet premiere that you did, Andrew, where you were on the red carpet and. You made it into an iPod video and put it on the feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I recognized David Heyman. I was like, oh, Andrew met him. I was like, oh, my God, David Heyman. So So that's when it hit you. That's when you realized this must be Harry Potter. Yeah, I vapor locked because we were in the theater. You what? We were in the theater. You you what? Vapor locked. Vapor locked. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I just, I was so shocked because we weren't expecting it. You know, someone else said, uh, someone else said they heard that it was uh, next summer's Blockbuster, which was exciting, but they also said, oh, "What was the other? What was the other information? Oh, that it was filmed in Chicago." So there was all this stray uh, guesswork going yeah. on. We were like, "Is it next summer's Johnny Depp movie?" You know, what are we thinking? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of made sense after after the light. I mean, I saw David Heyman, and I was like, "Wow, that's David freaking Heyman!" Yeah, and he came and actually ended up sitting like three feet from me. Nice. So. If you had decided to go to dinner, you would have been really pissed off instead of going to the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that if if I would have found out, because I mean, you know, all different websites had gotten reports that night. Even uh, that if I had not gone to that screening, if I had chosen, well, it would probably just be a crap movie, or maybe if you know, I don't, not really interested in seeing this. If I had chosen that and then found out that there was a screening in Chicago, I did not know that they screened it in Chicago 
first or because of the delay would be screening it you know anytime soon right yeah that's the really surprising thing a lot of people were surprised at how early that they screened it do you have any idea why i mean because a lot of people are hoping now they're going to take all this extra time to really enhance the movie and make it fantastic so do you think that's why they still kept it you know screening in september uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a, a variety of different reasons. Uh, number one, they wanted people to know that the movie. Or I mean, I guess they wanted people to know. It's probably one of the added benefits, but to let people know that the movie was in a uh, a, a somewhat completed form, that it wasn't as delayed as some people were maybe speculating. That the movie that, like, existed. You know, that the movie was delayed because it wasn't completed, or you know something like that. I mean, it, it still wasn't completed. The CGI was, you know, not complete. All that other stuff. But I think they wanted. I mean, people will know at least that the that the movie's not in any bad shape. So they 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 wanted to sort of maybe allay some of the people who are still angry and still very confused and worried out there. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other things I think the reason is that uh, they. Uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought, but but I, I think that's definitely one of the one of the bigger reasons. So you get in there, they announce that it's going to be Harry Potter. What? What was the reaction of the audience? Like, was everybody like, "Oh my god"? Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> David Heyman. David Heyman didn't make announcement. It was one of the one of the associates. You know, they have these guys who don't work for the theater. They're kind of independent. I think it's Movie View. They they said it was like the website I had to go to. But uh-huh. it's these other guys that come and and sort of organize everything. And they, you know, they pass out cards and surveys at the end of the film and all that stuff. But they the lights dimmed, and you know, we were expecting Twilight. Somebody else said. Wait a minute. What if it's High School Musical three? Oh, like, that's a good oh, idea too. I would wow, that would suck. I, and, PG thirteen, really? Like, yeah. Well, we were like, we'd walk out. You know, I mean, why? <laughs> what time is no, it? No, no, no. Seriously, though, I mean, when the lights did, no one had any clue, and I really mean that. Someone, some people, that leaky reader said they had, they they were sworn to secrecy, but they knew. I don't believe that for a second. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that really, genuinely, no one knew. There was just. Ever since the time we got in line for an hour, and by the time we got in the theater, the movie started, no one knew. But the lights dimmed, and the guy said, "You guys are going to be the first audience ever to see the upcoming Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince." And God, everyone so cool. was in an uproar. Everyone. That is so Just cool. Absolutely, and, and there were plenty of adults there. There were plenty of guys I could tell, you know, hadn't seen. Uh, maybe even any Harry Potter movie before. I mean, seriously, there was that. They 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 very well managed the diverse uh, diverse people thing. Yeah, the, the demographics and everything. Yeah, the demographics. They totally and I I, I guess that probably went into the movietickets.com thing and you know they sort of browse that database because they they got enough different people there that it wasn't or maybe it was a good picking the, the previous weekend but they got enough different people there and I I think. I think everyone in the audience really liked it, but we were all just so excited. And I, I didn't even believe it, but there, there weren't any previews. You know, there weren't, there weren't sort of anything going before the movie. So as soon as he said that, and everyone was in uproar, we had to immediately stifle ourselves because the, the Warner Brothers logo was flying right, by on the right. screen, you know, as it does. <laughs> so it was like completely going into it. So yeah. it was just amazing. So were all the special effects finished for the most part? Uh, no. No, it's interesting. They are... Uh, I don't know what kind of ratio I'd say, but um, there were scenes that were still uh, in front of blue screen. Oh, like, okay. Some of them, were, which were hilarious <laughs> it, and, and so fascinating. I, I would not actually change the version of the film we saw because 
it's so it's funny. just it's it, because there's a scene where Dan's on the Quidditch pitch because they have Quidditch back in this movie, right? Right. And ten or fifteen feet behind him is this blue screen. It's this blue curtain, you know. <laughs> And it's just so amazing because the previous scene, they have the CGI finished, or the previous shot for frame or angle, they have the CGI finished. So you're, you're, you're on the Quidditch pitch, and he's talking to the team, or tryouts, I think it was, and he's talking to them, talking to them. And then all of a sudden, there's this shot where he is still, you know, mid-sentence, but there's a blue screen behind him, and it's, it's not off-putting or distracting. It's just it's the fact that the actors can can do that without seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the film process like that. And I uh, certain other scenes were finished. I won't, you know, give any spoilers away, but uh and then other scenes were not it's just bits and pieces. It was really interesting. It's a real um I, I would have said it's a real shame if all the special effects were finished because like, you know, then like the movie's ready to go and you could totally put it out. But it's actually kind of good to hear that they're not finished. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a oh, waste. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it is. And, and that, uh, that, that's probably what I was trying to talk about that I forgot about. But um, having the movie... I mean, if you think about it, they would have had to have rushed to complete this deadline had they not known that it was going to be pushed back, right. that it would have been, you know, seeing the state of the movie is in now, they would have needed to complete a, a significant amount of things, I would say, to get it out on time. I'm not saying they couldn't do it, but uh, the movie was still a bit in pieces, and, and I think the extra time uh, does give them, as you said, Andrew, that people are hoping that they really uh, take into account what people think, and uh, yeah, no, take the movie up a bit. Yes, Micah. Who else is on oh. the show, by the way? It's just uh, Micah, Matt, and I. For right now, oh, cool. Laura will be joining us later, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of the reviews that were out there were, were very negative. Um, yours was was a little bit different. It was it was positive in nature, and it also kept away from, I thought, spoiling too much of the movies for the fans. I thought it kind exactly. of balanced that really well. Um, but I'm wondering from you, was there anything that stood out to you more than anything else that you were really happy about for this film that i was really that, happy about yeah because because uh, from other reviews that i've seen they haven't necessarily been the most positive about the sixth film and and that's very true truer words cannot be spoken at this present time i'll tell you that much and and all of these it it, it just upsets me because when i saw the movie and I wanted to talk about it, and I wrote up that review that's on Mugglenet, and I, I didn't want to spoil anybody. I, I wanted to give just my, my absolute true happy impression of the movie, and then all of the other reviews were not only spoiling, but completely negative. That were ruining complete scenes and nitpicking and just doing all these horrible things that, that I could not, in a way, respond to without losing a, a, a deal of the the mm-hmm. quality of what I was trying to do. And it just upsets me that so many people are 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 are, are just angry about all of these changes and, and, and sort of how that whole thing transpired is very yeah. uh, upsetting to me. But um, overall, I, I was happy with some of the changes they made, namely, uh, well, first of all, I was most happy with the uh, characters. Um, they spent a lot of time, I think, or they, they showcased a lot, I, I mentioned in my review that, that Hermione, that Emma Watson for the first time, jumps out as being my uh, book Hermione in, in a way, which, which has never happened to me before. You know, usually the sidekick's lines or you know, Ron, and, uh, Ron and Hermione's lines are, are changed if different. But seriously, um, in this, in this uh, hang on a sec. Yeah, in this uh, 
in this scene, I mean, in this in this movie, you just get a lot of good characterization among the trio, and you can kind of tell, I mean, I thought they were building up sort of for a movie seven sort of thing, because they'll be focusing on the trio for, obviously, a great deal, and uh-huh. it just shows how well these actors have grown up and can still work together and still really kind of get into their characters, and... I was happy with that. One of the changes, I think, since, I mean, many people have been spoiled, I won't spoil it, except to say that the second Semper scene is in the movie, and not only that, but it's a battle scene. Oh, cool. It's a duel. It's a battle scene. It it is a battle scene. I will say that, because a lot of people, I mean, are are making other spoilers that are so, that they're angry about. Jerks. Yeah, I know those jerks. No, it's a battle scene, and what it means is, uh, what I mean by that is that Harry and Draco, you know, Draco isn't just crying and then all of a sudden gets angry that Harry's in there and, and throws a spell at him. That um, It actually is a little bit more elaborate than that, and, and Tom Felton, my God, they, 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 give, they give good time for him, and, you know, he does a good job, and mm-hmm. this is his last well, chance to, obviously. Well, Eric, but, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I have a question about um, the reviews that I've been reading, and um, I just—I mean, it may be a spoiler, so we may have to cut it out later. But do they do they cut the entire battle scene at Hogwarts? Because I've read two reviews that say they cut it completely. The battle at Hogwarts is not in the film. Oh. What? Okay. Well, maybe we shouldn't go into it. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to know because I I didn't know if they were going to do it or not. Yeah, but I'll say this to ease your your conscience too. Too that um, it's interesting to because you're you're probably thinking, well, without a battle scene at the end of the movie, how is the movie anything worthwhile? How could they stay true to the books the way I claim they have in my review? How, how you know how does that sort of happen? But I really think they did something really good with it, and it's it's so interesting that I'm so positive about it when they missed that scene. Um, something else I'll say, if we're being spoiled and cut out or whatever, the, uh, Dumbledore's funeral, whatever reviews are saying that's not in it. They didn't have the Dumbledore funeral scene specifically, but my thoughts on that while we're at it is uh, that they didn't introduce enough of the characters in the world, in the movies, that it would be completely pointless to have all the characters of the world at the funeral. You know, I, I just don't think that that would be anything feasible, anything worthwhile, considering how uh, closed the movies have been. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Eric, despite like, all this, you believe that uh, this is worth the wait. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I strongly do. Despite mm-hmm. all of those little nitpicky little uh, discrepancies, what they've done is they've really created this movie that, that flows well, that... Um, Oh, and uh, Jim Broadbent as Horace Slughorn is a surprise uh, joy. Is a surprise okay. joy. I was hooked from the first fifty minutes, um, and he's a surprise joy in, in in throughout the whole movie. I it uh, it works well with him. There's some slug cub scenes that work, and uh, oh, I was surprised with how many things from the book are in the movie. Uh-huh. Surprisingly enough, well, the Eric- Aragog scene oh. is in the movie. Oh, cool. awesome. Awesome. Um, Eric, since um, this is David Yates' um, second film for Harry Potter, what would you say is probably his... What do you think he... Do you think he's improved? improved? Yeah, Yeah. what did did he probably improve on most since since the last movie? I think he improved, and I do think he improved quite well. And and it's it's interesting because he he wanted... uh, 
In the last movie, I remember reading an article uh, or hearing an interview with him where he wanted to focus more on the characters, and I, I, I just think that he's done even better now. And as for uh, as for camera techniques too, a lot of people didn't like the montages in movie five. Um, you know that it would that would uh, what like during the DA scene they would yeah. sort of go through the montage of it, and it having been a few months later, they don't use that technique at all to pass time in this movie. This movie is. Uh, overall, not uh, done like that. I'm not going to say not fast-paced, I mean, it's not because it's not slow-paced either, but um, you get to know, you, you feel that a year is progressing. And that maybe is done the best out of all the films now, is that uh, that, the, that the movie progresses in a really uh, gradual, not to say speedy way, that all the scenes that happen are just very true to the characters. They're cool. enjoyable to watch on screen. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say through my whole uh, analysis of the movie, is that it was enjoyable to watch. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I did enjoy the story as if I had never read the book. And then mm-hmm. from having read the book, I enjoyed what I saw that I remembered from being in the book. Good. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm really glad, Eric, that, um, that people who have never really seen or read any of the books will enjoy this movie? Is that what you're saying? Interestingly enough, well, that's what I'm saying, but also the other thing is that this movie caters to the fans, which which you're wondering, how can things be both? But I really think this movie, like, I say it's great for people, I I say it'll be uh, enjoyable to watch for people who've never seen, but even more enjoyable for the people who have read the book, because a lot of those things, like, even the line about knitting patterns, uh, Dumbledore liking the knitting patterns and slugs, that's in it. And it's oh so funny to watch Michael <laughs> Gammon say that. Michael Gammon does a great job in this movie. All of these inside things and all of these other things, they don't, they don't cut corners uh, as they have in other movies, uh, and they don't go out of their way to make sure that the outside world knows really what's going on. Mm-hmm. They've sort of gotten to the point where they can say in the story, and this might be what they have to say, but look, this is what's happening with the story. They didn't need any kind of extra thing about Horcruxes. This is just what's happening in the story. Cool. This is a movie, this is a story we got to tell. And a lot of those scenes, I think, are tailor-fit uh, for the fans' enjoyment, for the, for the book readers' enjoyment. So, would you say that that they compensated with these smaller, more intricate little plot points? Um, you know, they compensated with that after having cut out some of the scenes that you've mentioned. Do you think that they were that they were trying to compensate in that way by saying, "Oh, we're gonna have to really change, say, the Battle at Hogwarts, say, Dumbledore's funeral"? So, what we're gonna do in turn is give the fans something that who reads the book, so they're going to know, okay, well, this line was used, or this particular scene was used, or this particular item was included. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I'm going to say that, no, they didn't say that, because what they found through making the movie is almost, I mean, the movie doesn't lack Dumbledore's Funeral of the Bad Art of Hogwarts. It's just kind of a different, uh, like, I wasn't looking for it. In a way, I wasn't looking for the Battle of Hogwarts to happen or or Dumbledore's funeral as much. I think what they've done is they have these scenes which are so wonderful for the for the fans, and I I don't think it's made to compensate as much as it is in line with the story that they're telling and and the movie that they're making. Yeah, while it's true that some of these scenes don't get sorry, what's your question? 
Uh, no, no. I, what I was going to say is uh, oftentimes how they tell the story is what the problem is, and it has been in the past um, with a number of criticisms that the other films have received. So uh, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is be, seeing some of these negative reviews, and I hate to dwell on that, but is a diehard Harry Potter fan going to go in? Can you see some of these fans going in and being disappointed in the film based on what you've seen left out? Um, it'll be very interesting. I, I, if the fans can get over themselves enough to go see the movie, I will be more than interested in what they have to say about it. And it, I, I I mean, I know in a way that there will be people that do not like this movie, just as there are people who do not like movie five, which I like. And there are people who love movie three, which is more than I can sometimes say. And, you know, I, I know that there will be people who see and, and, and dislike the movie for the scenes that are missing. But uh, having said that, I think that anyone who got into the series through the movies uh, will have automatically more respect. And I think that um, anyone who has ever seen these movies as a separate item will, in fact, be impressed with how much of the book was brought to the movie despite these big scenes being cut. And what about, um, just to follow up, as far as plot points are concerned, you know, Horcruxes is one thing that comes up a lot in the reviews. Again, did they do that justice? I think uh, that they did. I think that they did. But they, they, um, they'll probably have to deal with it, um, obviously, more in movie seven when they, when they have to uh, find you know, the rest. Mm-hmm. But, and it'll be interesting to see the transcript, how that happens in the movie, as opposed to the book. Because the book, at that point, I think book seven towards the end is very... Uh, you know, linear but, but rushed almost that they, they find out things in the order that they need to because they don't have any more time to really do anything. But uh-huh. um, in this movie, there are scenes, and, 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 and one of the scenes I would have liked to have seen in the movie, I think, is the Gaunt House uh, scene, um, which, was, which was not in the film. Uh, there are only a few Pensieve scenes, uh, and that is not one of them. But I... With the movie uh, being what it is, there is a terrific balance, and the movie's dark enough. And and that is one point I tried to make in my review that the movie is very uh, intense as far as uh, um, impending doom, and it's really interesting with how they balance that with all the hormones and all of the snogging going on in the book, which you know many people who talk about. Uh, book six will say there's either too much snogging or too much Voldemort stuff. Mm-hmm. So this movie has totally, I think, found the balance. And David Yates, as a director, has really connected with uh, that that adolescent uh, sort, sort of vibe. And Dan still looks like he could pull off a 16 slash 17 year old. I think. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's it's still good in that aspect. Tom Felton looks a bit older. But you're just happy to see him in the movie, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, he gets good screen time. So overall, yeah, it's, it's really just interesting. And I mean, I, I could talk about this movie, but I, I, I just basically enjoyed it. And that is yeah. something that I'm having to come to terms with in light of all these negative reviews. 
Well, Eric, uh, this has been very informational, and we thank you. The fans thank you. You've done the fandom justice, and we all appreciate that. Uh, we're glad yeah. to see you like the movie, and we're glad to hear that you believe it will be well worth the wait, the extended wait. Yes, the extended <laughs> And here's hoping you get wait. to see Deathly Hollows, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, and, and, and actually, I did want to talk about, if I could bring up uh, a thing before I leave. Sure. I got to meet David Heyman, David Yates, Alan Horn, one of the representatives from WB, Mark Day, the film editor, and wow. uh, David Barron, the other co-producer with David Heyman, was, on the movie after the movie. Was Alan so Horn kind of... Show? What? Sorry? I said, so when are they coming on the show? <laughs> so was um, alan horn no. of uh afraid of anyone you know giving them a good punch uh, give them a good old one two you know what i'm saying well, you know andrew i i gotta say that's not funny because oh. to be perfectly honest with you no 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 they, <laughs> and, and don't 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 feel bad don't don't feel bad don't feel bad oh, i don't um but <laughs> but uh to be perfectly honest um we spoke with the warner brothers people and they were to be honest, it's um, it's a bit sad. Uh, I think for our fandom, uh, knowing that so many people at WB have received actual death threats. I mean, think about that is sad. Think about yes. think think about the fandom actually like saying, "Oh, we're going to send so many death threats, or we're going to storm the gates of WB," and then think of actually receiving a death threat in your email inbox from someone you've never met, from someone who is old enough to have the means to make that sort of thing happen. Yeah, that's very and scary for sure. They receive those worldwide and that's not that's not cool. To that I shame the fandom. Mm-hmm. I mean, not but for being it, angry. It, that's definitely something that they sh- should expect. No. Even if it, no, 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 yes, not it death is, no, no, yeah, no, no, seriously. They should for something this big, they should expect something to be extreme even though it may not happen. I'm sure they expect a big I, outlash, I, I know but that, I don't I, know about death know, threats. Well, yeah, see, it, see, it, this isn't the I, first. This is the first. This isn't the first time that something like this. Can has you happened. see them sitting down in a meeting and being like, "Look, guys, if we do this, we're well, going to no, get death." No, threats. no. <laughs> if, if we do this, we're going to get a huge flack, and they are. I mean, it may get yes. a little more than they anticipated. Yes. but this yeah, is. But, but, but they should have no, expected. It's, it's, it's a bit more. I mean, in all the history of Warner Brothers, to think that this. I mean, you guys, let's be candidly here. You know how crazy some of the fans out there are. But to actually, I mean, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's got to be scary. But but so, uh, no, Alan Horn was there, and they they had all seen the screening, and they were all, I think, very pleased with uh, the feedback they got. They got a lot of, um, they sat for a session afterwards, plus all the surveys we were filling out afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I want to talk about. The surveys were very detailed. They mentioned, first of all, in every question, they urge you to be as specific as possible, which may just be standard, but uh, they were asking things like, what scenes do you think move too slow? What scenes do you think move too, move too fast? Um, what were your favorite actors? What were your favorite scenes and the least favorite scenes? All were these they- questions that... Were they general questions, or were they like tailored? Or were they like, what did you think of Slughorn? Or what are they like yeah. general questions that you hand out at every movie screening? No, no, no. It wasn't, and that's why. Yeah, they were tailor fit. Okay. They were absolutely tailor fit. I, I can't think of uh, many more specific questions, except that they really did. Uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of room for total explanation and also a lot of uh, guiding where they could get your feedback even if you didn't be specific. Mm-hmm. So it was um, it was a bit overall quite interesting. My favorite scene was the Felix Felicis scene 
in the movie, which is great, next cool. to the cave scene, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and, yeah, that. so um, meeting David and uh, David Heyman afterwards and David Yates was a really good experience, and I shook their hands. I even hugged them. Um, and I just, I just assured them, you know, I said, I like the movie and, you know, hopefully, and they said, you know, great, because we really did uh, try to make this uh, a great film, especially for fans. And they said that uh, Joe Rowling had seen um, about 20 minutes of the movie. And she oh. said what she always says, which is, but uh, she said this might be her favorite film so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh, that's <laughs> which, which is important to mention, but, but yeah, it is. It is important to mention. So mm-hmm. Joe thinks this might be her favorite film ever, and and uh, the film editor and every everyone were there, and so or everyone was there. So everyone did want to see uh, what people thought, and and were very interested to to the core of their soul uh, on 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 what people thought. So I thought that was really fitting. I thought that was very great. Uh, they were all very nice people. Um, all very grateful to. Uh, hear all that but so i mean i i, I sat with uh or I, I stood with them and uh spoke about some of the things uh that i was uh concerned about um but basically i think overall the fi- final product is going to be great and it was just such a such a pleasure because i i hadn't made it to the red carpet for me <laughs> yeah i was getting a mickey i believe i was getting a mickey mouse for somebody last uh, Goblin yeah. Fire. <laughs> well i mean yeah, this I obviously know. uh is pretty big you know so the the gods made it up for you. Eric. The gods, yeah, it, you were destined. It, it was karma. You do, you know, uh, pay it forward. Pay it forward. All right. No, well, honestly, so Eric, yeah. we gotta go. But thank you so much. This was very informational. And uh, yeah, yeah, we hope I'll, to see you back I'll, on the show soon. Absolutely. And uh, let me know when the next one is, and hopefully my computer will be working. Of course, of course. All right, uh, and Eric, again, we thank you. The fans thank you. I'm sure you'll get some more feedback from the fans with some more questions. But uh, just one more thing, actually, real quick. Are you are you sad that you can't wait till July now to see it, or like you know what's the feeling there? Because a lot of people say like, oh, I wouldn't want to see it this early because then what do I have to look forward to? Do you feel bummed? Or- oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question too, and I think I'll I, I'll answer that for sure. Um, I, 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 I strongly think that um, the movie that I see in July is going to be different than yeah. what I saw at the beginning. Oh, I really believe that. Yeah. Maybe I've maybe I've been uh, you know maybe maybe I've maybe I'm out of my mind, but I really do think that uh, definitely the finalized version with the finalized. I don't even the look and feel, even the touch is going to be. Uh, changed and, and, and different. You know, that'll come with a completed score, which we haven't, which we didn't have. They had kind of in and out of, yeah. of different, um, uh, pieces. So it hasn't been fit. You know, there, the scenes that were cut might not remain cut. Uh, and right. there might be more scenes, uh, that do get cut and some added in. Right. So we, you know, we just don't know from, from this standpoint. So, I mean, once the effects are complete, a lot of that does change how you view the movie, how the movie feels. And, you know, I don't know how those scenes are going to end up looking. In a way, it, in the movie, the movie, the way the movie was presented to us, it didn't even, it, it didn't feel like it was completely presentable, like it was completely, of course. I mean, it's presentable, but, but not completely fit. Sure. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like here's a completely fit possible version of the movie. It, you know, that wasn't it at all. This was still uh, 
a bit far away from the complete final season. And, and so I think, yeah, when I see the movie in July, which I will, it will be different enough that I will be surprised. Plus I'll have forgotten a little bit by then. And so in a way, it's not really a negative thing that I, that I have to wait even longer for new material, say, you know, movie seven, I have to wait even longer for it than, than I did before. But and you I know think what? The movie will be different. They'll be they'll be making changes down to the last few weeks. I remember um, Matt uh, Matt Matthew Vines from VeritasSerum dot com. Uh, I was in touch with him a lot around Goblet of Fire, and he went to literally you know the U.S. premiere, the U.K. premiere, the U.S. screenings, the U.K. screenings, and he said every time he saw it. He saw little changes. They're changing these films down to the last possible minute, you know, because there's a lot of pressure. So, yeah, I think you will be seeing it. It could be a whole new film, uh, you know, depending on that feedback they got. But uh, so there you go. All right. Eric. Yeah. And now it, and with the extended time, they'll have plenty of time to do more screenings, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, Chicago. And, and to answer the first question I was asked completely. Um, Chicago was where they always do their first screening. Yes. Um, that goes back to the days of the first two movies because Chris Columbus is from Chicago or one of the suburbs and they developed good relations with the uh, movie theater and oh, okay. basically that was, I mean, that was, so that's where they, they hold their first test screening. Um, again, just one of those random benefits of living in Chicago and subscribing to movietickets.com. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I guess we all will now. All right, Eric. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you hey. again soon. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. No problem. Yes, it has. All right, dude. Talk all right. Is the recording going to work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got it all. We're good. Sweet. Thanks so much. All right. All no right. problem. See Appreciate you, dude. That. Bye, Eric. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye Matt. Bye, Micah. Bye, Andrew. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Eric Skull, who just recently caught a screening of Half-Blood Prince in Chicago. Yeah. That lucky little boy. Plenty more questions, I'm sure, that... Uh, we could ask we'll them too. I mean, yeah, there's so many that came to mind, but maybe people can send in their questions, obviously, and mm-hmm. we'll have plenty for them next show as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Micah, what else has been going on in the news? We're still on we're the still news. Still not through it. <laughs> yes, we are. We're like 45 minutes into the show, we're still not done. That with was the, news. the that was the whole segment. Oh. that was a whole big main discussion, I guess you could say. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. what else has been going on in the wonderful world of uh, Harry Potter? Well, uh, let's wrap up Half-Blood Prince news first. Um, the only other remaining piece of news from uh, the movie actually affects the video game. And the Half-Blood Prince video game is, in fact, going to be delayed. Um, and one thing that Electronic Arts reported was that it's going to be a $120 million loss for them this year. Um, Andrew, you noted that they're going to make somewhere around $5 billion. In the grand scheme of things, is that a huge hit to take? I would argue... It may be when you look at their, you know, their overall budget for for 2008. Yeah. If they were anticipating that revenue to meet, um, you know, their budget, that that certainly could have an effect on it. I mean, in in the scheme of five billion dollars, 120 million, it, it seems very small. But it, it, at the same time, you know, to us, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and I think that um, you know they want to get this game out of the way and get going on the next one. Because they're real passionate about these Harry Potter games. I mean, it is a studio in London that works on these, so it's different from you know EA's other big franchise franchises, right. like EA Sports. And did they mention anything about how it would affect maybe Deathly Hollows, similar to how everybody had questions? Well, now with Half Blood Prince being delayed, is that going to affect Deathly Hollows at all? You know, it may, but there's still a two year wait. That's true. So and there's probably only going to be one game. the The video game is not going to be split into two parts. Oh yeah. But I wonder. I wonder what they'll have to wait to release it, though. 
because um you know you can't release it the full game with only half the movie because then half of it's spoiled and Warner Brothers has very tight restrictions for them uh you know saying you can't spoil anything in the movie before the movie comes out you know that's involved in the video game so well and the the thing to remember is that it's not just going to affect um, you know, EA, it's it's going to really affect anybody else who's in the merchandising industry that was anticipating this release in November and was going to use that money towards their budget for 2008. You know, yeah, it's important. It sucks for them, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Go Warner ahead. Brothers probably had to take that into consideration. Um, Warner Brothers should send them a big fat loan of 120 million. Absolutely, <laughs> um, <laughs> they really should. I mean, you know, and honestly, I think if EA wanted to, they could have released it in November because it's part of their contract. Unless there's a little clause in there that says, you know, Warner Brothers has the right. But because you know they didn't change it immediately, so they had to be thinking about it. And the and the movies are never really exactly like what the what the what the game is anyway. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I, the reason they waited is that they want to release it with the film however this is what i wonder about more than anything else is something like the video game is the other merchandise because that's where the franchise as a whole can be hard hit for the movie being delayed because people can decide okay well you know what i'm going to spend my ten dollars to go see the film but i'm not going to buy any of the merchandise oh yeah yeah. but also um this during the christmas season too is when you know exactly uh, when the, yeah. people the buy game video going, games. Yeah. yeah, so they buy they would buy the video game for Christmas for their for their kid or something. But now that it's going to be in, in summer, I mean, it's just for whenever you want to buy it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, and uh, other news, we finally received a verdict in the uh, J.K. Rowling Warner Brothers uh, versus RDR Books trial. Um, oh, everybody's happy good. about that, right? Yay. Yeah, you know, it's weird because it's like it came out and it was big news, but then it's like, I, I just feel like there was a big le- Hold on, l- let's get into the mood first. Oh, uh, that's better. I feel like there was a big, like, you know, there's supposed to be a big lead up to this, and then it's, I don't know. Micah, was it big news to you? I, you know, it, it just seemed to come in the middle, or, or I guess towards the tail end of everything that was going on with Half Blood Prince. Um, and. There wasn't a lot to it, to be honest with you. I wasn't. Yeah, it was very basic. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. judge said, "Hey, look, I'm ruling in favor of J.K. Rowling and, and Warner Brothers in this case." And um, you know, it, you meant, why did it take four months to come to a decision? I think probably because the judge has more on his plate than just this case, and you know, he's hearing other cases, he's writing other decisions, um, and that's just what happens. I mean, I was in a jury duty at the beginning of this year and I can tell you the legal process is one that takes forever. I mean, these are some of the, sorry to any lawyers or judges that are listening to the show, but they're some of the laziest people. Uh, they're, they're hardworking in the sense that, you know, they're, I'm sure they're spending many hours when they're not in the courtroom, but lazy in the sense that they just take forever to get stuff done. I mean, the legal process, yeah. oh, let's go to lunch, take a two-hour lunch, you know, it, they just they milk the system for all it's worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it turns out Steve Vanderark is actually it has been in the process <laughs> of writing another book, and it highlights the places in uh, the United Kingdom that relate to Harry's world. So like he's trying to find Hogwarts or something. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> and um, so that's what he's doing. And the book is due out kind of soon. I'm not sure when exactly, but uh, it's a different publisher. It's not RDR. So 
that one will not. That that's an actual book. That's not just copying and pasting information out of Joe's book. Oh, okay. So that one will be okay. But uh, was anybody a little bit surprised by his reaction at all to um, the ruling? I just thought it was a little bit too nice for somebody who decided to go through with this process. Well, he also wants his book to sell. I mean, he doesn't want to be so negative about it. Also, he just wants it to be over with so then he can work on the next book that hopefully will, will you know, make money. I know what you mean, though. Uh, Steve said uh, a few days ago, I've always been a fan in response to the verdict. I've always been a fan of Harry Potter and of Rowling. And uh, my hope all along was that we'd find an amicable way to uh, settle this. I'm disappointed, but this is the way it went. And I don't hold any ill will at all. It was a question of law over a difference of opinion. And in a way, I'm glad that it's finally over. Right. In a way. Um, you should be completely glad that it's over. <laughs> well, I, the, the big problem I have here is this the kind of response that you're going to have? Why do it in the first place? Why, you know, put it the situation? I don't know. I'm trying to frame it the right way. But why even go through with all this in the first place? You know, I, it just seems like a very sort of nonchalant response. It is to something that you pressed very hard for, um, you know. I think it's just a happy that it's over with response. Yeah, I think it's just something that is just saying that I just want to move on with this. Um, we have an email here from Susan that relates to this. It's a Muggle Castle listener, Susan. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! Yay, Joe won! I was so glad the judge had the sense to be in favor of Joe, the rightful owner of the rights to, to write an encyclopedia based on her book series, and show that Vander, whatever, not to mess with Joe. Vander whatever. <laughs> Though I don't hold anything against Vanderpoo. Susan, you're very mean. I can't believe he would say he was, quote, disappointed, end quote, that he couldn't steal Joe's work and write his stolen encyclopedia. It doesn't make any sense. Shouldn't he feel ashamed that he even put Joe through all this? Isn't she his favorite author, author that he devoted a whole lexicon to? Or is he too distracted by the sadness, his sadness over his self- loss, over his lost selfish gains? So Susan is saying there, Look, why why you disappoint? I mean, I'm sure when he figured out the idea to do this book, that he was like, "Oh man, think of how much money." I think I he just make. the fact that he said he disappointed. I think just means that you know he lost. Someone else asked, "Can we allow him back into this uh, fandom again?" Oh, I, well, <laughs> what do you think, Micah? Matt made a disgruntled face. Well, no, I'm just I'm I'm saying, who has the the keys to let's yeah, go back exactly. into the fandom? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> If he, he's, he's he's never really left the fandom. If he's still a fan of Harry Potter, then he's no. In but the I fandom. mean, like, say he shows up at uh, Azkatrass two thousand nine, which is quickly approaching in July. Um, will fans go up and greet him and be like, "Oh my God, can I take a picture with you?" Oh, I mean, I'm I'm sure that's not going to happen. Michael, will you take a picture with Steve if he shows up at Azkatrass? Probably more likely he'll want to take a photo with me. But <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. Um, You'll say, yeah, but I need $20 first, yeah. I mean, well, okay, if we see him, if, if if any of us saw him at like a Harry Potter convention, would we just turn away and walk away? Or I would, would we... hide because we've said too many bad things about him on this show. I don't think, <laughs> I don't, I think we've been, have, we haven't been as, as angry as, you know, other <laughs> outlets. There we go. Um, uh, I think the big thing that a lot of people miss in this, and maybe that's why you're saying it was more of a, I'm happy this thing is over statement is, is really RDR. I think RDR pressed this more than Steve pressed it. Um, if, if that makes sense, I mean, 
all throughout the the whole trial and when we really did that one episode where we focused solely on what was going on we said you know if you look at at everything that went on from the beginning um going all the way back to to when the lawsuit was first filed and even before that it just seemed like RDR was not doing anything to be in compliance with WB or JK Rowling that they wanted to take yeah. this to the courtroom and you know they still can go beyond you know they can obviously file for an appeal based on the ruling it seems like so it it's maybe a matter of time to to see if they're going to pursue anything further yeah um and let's all remember too that there was that clause in C's contract uh from RDR that said look Steve if uh WB you know decides to take this to court we will protect you uh you cannot get out of it so um yeah he really had no choice I, I i would think i would hope that if uh uh wb took him to court and he had the option to just say like look okay forget it i'm not gonna do this book i don't want to face you in court that he would have actually done that um that would i guess really define his position in the fandom at this point okay uh anything else micah yeah one final piece of news um oh. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone um, anniversary edition is going to uh, be released next week. It's been released. Well, it's been released ahead of schedule uh, for some people. Um, but there's some bonus material that was promised. There's obviously a new drawing of the cover art by Mary Grand Prix. Um, but Andrew, you know a little bit more about what this bonus material is, having gotten information from people who received the book early yeah we originally got an email from someone saying hey uh my book arrived already i was like wow um that's weird because it's not supposed to come out until september 23rd long story short as it turns out amazon received permission to start shipping it early so they did they sent out emails to all the people who pre-ordered and said uh you'll be receiving it this week uh between september 11th and the 15th um so people got their copies and they were happy with it, I guess. But the thing was, they were um, the fans. Or this is this book has been promoted as having bonus material from J.K. Rowling, and the only additional thing in this book is a sketch of Snape, drawn by Joe back in ninety two or ninety three. She wrote, and she wrote how Snape looked Count Dracula ish. Um, so it's kind of disappointing because. It's just one thing, and people were expecting maybe like a foreword or maybe something more from are, are Joe. Are we sure in some that way. that's it? That's it. Yep, that's. I've gotten numerous emails about it, and that is the only thing. Right. Um, uh, so, well, I mean, it's still a drawing by J.K. Rowling. Yeah, but it's not like you know an original painting, or <laughs> it's just. I mean, we've seen not just sketches from her before. People were just expecting more. Like, why would you buy this book again? Right, and. I know on Amazon, I looked up the price. It's like 16 bucks to buy the hardcover edition. But I was wondering, didn't we see a price? Um, is there like a special edition of this book too that, that was selling No, that, for you're thinking enormous... Beetle the Bard. Oh, okay, yeah. Beetle the Bard's going for like 100 Yeah, that, that was crazy. Um, but yeah. I just, I mean, if you're a collector, then you're probably going to pick it up. You know, if you're somebody, you know, in addition to liking the series that gets the UK edition and the UK adult edition and, and, you know, picks up all these books from all over the world and different covers. And yeah, you know, you're probably going to buy this. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it seems a little bit disappointing in terms of yeah. value. 
So uh, people actually took pictures of the book and sent it in to us, and I actually forgot how small Sorcerer's Stone was. I mean, that book's really thin. I'm just so used to these books being so thick. Whatever. Just something I thought. <laughs> but um, so apparently it is in bookstores now, in most bookstores. So, you know, stop by, send in your feedback, and uh, tell us right. what you think. So it's actually out there? Yeah, it's, it's actually getting out there. In the mainstream? In mainstream uh, bookstores near you. Awesome. I don't know, everywhere at this point. But uh, someone who works at a bookstore actually emailed us and said, um, you know, this actually isn't, you know, leaked or anything. That was the suggested release date, apparently. But since people are already getting it, they can, they're they allowed to put it out. Huh. So they're doing it, and people are buying it and kind of getting disappointed. Oh, Well, it's still, it's still Sorcerer's Stone. It's still the book. Is that it, Micah? That's it for news. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Let's move on to some announcements. Uh, hey, it's a new month, and we're still a podcast, so vote for us on Podcast, podcast Alley. Alley. It is going to be MuggleCast Meptember. <laughs> Meptember, yeah. We're number six right now. That's good. That's good. I'm like, Isn't that it. great? You. You're off for a month, but you're still in the top ten on Podcast <laughs> People Alley. People are still voting for us, yeah. That's awesome. That shows the dedication of our fans. Thank so you. Thank you, fans. That's really nice. But, I mean, we could be higher, so well, feel free to. Yeah, but. I'm just kidding. I'm just okay. being, a, like, being a jokester. Thank you. Uh, Micah, uh, l- uh, past few episodes, we were promoting our charity drive, Teddy Bears for Hope. How did that uh, turn out? That ended up turning out really well. Uh, I actually uh, sent the money over to uh, the organization today, um, and uh, they're going to start dispersing the uh, teddy bears, I guess, in the next couple of weeks or so. And uh, the total amount raised was about sixteen hundred dollars so that's wow, awesome wow um it's really good plus Thank whatever we made from that site i think it was searchkindly.org they had a little bit of a pull up at uh one of the weeks we were doing this charity drive and of course everyone from MuggleNet went over and voted there so i think we probably picked up another hundred dollars so about seventeen hundred dollars in total um it's wonderful how many bears does that equate to that equates to you said probably it's five dollars a bear yeah right? it's around there it could be a little bit more a little bit less so it, it, you're probably looking at about a little bit over 300 bears um awesome. yeah which which is cool and you know we'll keep everybody posted on uh where they end up going and get some pictures uh from when they're delivered and yeah that'd be great definitely post about it on both sites so it'd be cool yeah oh, that's so cool all right, and uh, reminder, uh, Azkatraz is uh, coming up quickly. It's in July. It is the It starts the day after Half-Blood Prince comes out, which is really Ooh. awesome. They have some really good plans. We can't announce anything yet, uh, but we are going to be very involved, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Imagine seeing this film with tons of hardcore Harry Potter fans at midnight. As and then coming out. back to a, a Harry a Potter really nice hotel. Really, really nice hotel. We can't stress that enough. It is a really sweet hotel. And just going back after the movie and just discussing it with all these diehard Harry Potter fans. Yeah. So it's going to be really something special. Um, I mean, has that ever been done before? No. Registration is open. And uh, actually, I don't know if we should say we should. If you register, please put in the referral area, area, MuggleNet or MuggleCast. If you do decide to register this early, please, please, please put MuggleNet or MuggleCast. It'll help us out very much in being there at Azcatraz. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, happy birthday, Matt. Oh, thank you. 
turned your uh, 23 on September 11th. Uh, I'm so old, Andrew. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Jamie's just, back, huh? I just, uh, I just want to be uh, a kid again. Oh, oh hey, Micah. <laughs> uh, Laura, Laura, don't even start with me. I'm so old. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's uh, <laughs> turn 23. We're having a, I would say, little birthday party, but it's going to be a big birthday party here at the MuggleCast studio tonight. Yeah, we got a bunch of all day. got a bunch of Wizard Rockers coming to our apartment, oh, and there's, oh, it's going to be awesome. Star-studded. <laughs> Bring out the red carpet. Oh yeah, for Alex Carpenter to arrive, make his appearance. And one last thing we want to do a little teaser about before we getting into the rest of the show. Um, Mike and I are working on a new thing for MuggleNet, and since we're not doing the show weekly right now, uh, we wanted to promote it. Uh, as everyone knows, the presidential election is coming up, so. You know, it's a big election this year, so we wanted to do something Harry Potter related um, with this election. Uh, and Micah, do you want to sort of? We'll just give a teaser right now. We don't really want to get into it too much, but no. What are we doing? What are we putting together? We're just putting together a little bit of an election. Uh, we're going to have fun with this. Uh, it's going to be completely. Um, well, I'm not going to say it's not going to relate in any way to what's going on in the uh, the current election. You may see some themes there. Um, <laughs> some words. Some some words. <laughs> like Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to get a couple of staff members involved with this. And, uh, I mean, I think we can reveal that we're going to use eight characters with the ultimate goal of, of one from each party facing off uh, in the final election. And, uh we're going to use some cool little uh, social networking tools and uh, probably some uh, some other technology, audio, video, to, to spice it up a bit. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that, that's the whole point of it. You know, give people some laughs, let them enjoy uh, what we're doing. And, and it's not to make a mockery of the election as a whole, maybe, in a little bit uh, of a way to to uh, poke fun at, at some things that have gone on, but, you know, just, just to kind of lighten the mood a bit, I guess you could say, of because it's been a very serious, uh, you know, last couple of weeks, at least here in the United States with everything that's going on uh, with this election. But it's, uh, so I don't know if you said it's going to be an uh, election for the Minister of Magic. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, yeah, they're characters from Harry Potter. So we're putting it to, uh, together something really fun. It's going to be kicking off September 23rd, but we're going to have uh, you know a formal announcement on MuggleNet.com a few days before that. So keep an eye out on the site. It's going to be a fun thing, you know, get kids involved in sort of a Harry Potter election. So it'll be fun, and we're hmm. doing some good work on that. So I think that's it for announcements this week and the news and the opening. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> Oh. Show. oh, that was Let's awesome. Let's move on to some muggle <laughs> mail that reflects on things we've actually already talked about. Um, first one comes from Adriana. She writes, hey, muggle casters, I just have a few comments about the screening of Half-Blood Prince. First off, I'm torn between the idea of seeing the movie before the finished product. I'd want to put them again IMAX 3D. I think I'd hold out. Uh, but out of curiosity, why are they releasing the screening so close to the date that it would have come out on. It almost feels like a slap in the face. Like, haha, November 21st, just kidding, July 17th. However, you can see the unfinished version in September. Uh, okay, I just feel we are being teased way too much. Or maybe I'm just jealous. Love the show. Love the host. Special love to Matt and Andrew. P.S. I knew JKR would win. Oh. Thank you, Adriana. Um, I, I think it's a really good idea that they're still screening it on time because this gives them a lot more time to fix the movie and get it exactly 
how they like it and how the fans like it. But isn't it a little bit odd to be screening it now? I mean, th- that's my only issue here. If if Eric, like you said before, he was he was watching scenes like with uh, Harry on the Quidditch pitch, where there's blue screens uh, behind what's what's happening. It, it seems a little bit odd to me that here you are in September. And you were expecting to release this film in November and you had your producer, you had your director saying in the interviews that the movie's complete, that there's nothing wrong with it, that nothing needs to be redone. That seems a little bit odd to me. Well, I think they seriously considered um, – maybe these scenes are finished in special effects. Obviously, they slowed it down once they realized that. Uh, it you know they had an additional eight months to complete this. Yeah, but at the same time, they realized this in what August that they were going to you know delay the movie until November. The question is how much? I'm uh, sorry to, to July, but then how much in advance did they know that this change was going to happen? You mentioned it was only three to four weeks. Yeah, but just so, the time yeah, frame's I, I not matching up for me. That's the thing. I see what you're saying. I think they will be doing many more screenings, you know, once they reach a few milestones, like the special effects being done, you know, the soundtrack being done, because that's all things that they have to ask people right. about. But my question is, when normally would a screening have occurred for a movie that's released in November? I think, I think it really, right now. I think it really depends on the the type of budget the movie has. No, actually, you know what? And this is a true story. I swear to God, I read an article back in July saying that... um they were going to do screenings in August, and that was before the film came out, or they announced the film delay. And I remember this so well because I thought to myself, oh, man, they're screening it in August in Chicago? That's when Terminus is. I wonder if like a lot of Harry Potter fans are going to end up seeing it there. Um, so, yeah, they were definitely going to be screening it in August, but they pushed it, you know, I guess a couple weeks back to September. So, yeah, I think that this is normal. But... If it was August still slated... No- August to November. I mean, August to September is, what, one month? No, no. It was, yeah, it was probably just a couple of weeks they delayed it by. I'm not saying that, you know, made any difference. But, you know, maybe they delayed it that much to get a certain part of the film completely finished. But I do think um, that if it, wasn't, if, it wasn't de- if it wasn't delayed, the people that saw the screening, including Eric, would have seen a lot more complete, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, if they see it now, it just gives them um, all the more time to... Um, to change it, mm-hmm. I mean, if they, exactly if, if they screened it like what three months before the movie is n- now going to be released, that, that gives them only three months to change everything. And I would I would much prefer that the people behind the movie um have um can actually take their time and you know make it the way that they really want to instead of just have to do it under the gun and have to just spit this the, the this version out that, that they really right. aren't I, really proud of. And that's what leads me to believe maybe they knew further in advance that they might have to change the date because of something not being finished the way that they wanted it to be. It just right. My thing is, it just seems like if you're going to screen a movie now 10 months in advance, as opposed to what would have been a couple of months, something must not have been right there. It, maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, it, I think with... Sorry, go ahead. No, just what I said before, it's just not matching up for me. I think with uh, all this, I think with the film, with them screening the film this early, this really puts a lot of pressure on them because they have so much time now to perfect this. 
and that's what they need to do. Uh, I doubt they're going to go back and film more, so they got to work with what they have. But you know that could they probably have a whole bunch of of footage though. Yeah, I don't to know, work well, of with. course. Yeah, but I mean, like if they wanted to add the the Hogwarts battle, you know, I think they already filmed or a it. Dumbledore funeral. I mean, God, you have all this more time. Use a little more money from Dark Knight and put it into film <laughs> mm-hmm. the Dumbledore funeral. But whatever. I I think you know this is just a lot more pressure now. You really have to perfect it, and that's why they're starting to do the, to do these screenings so early. Next email comes from Lucy. Hi, I just wanted to say, as I'm sure others have, that it is very promising that they're screening the film now. It suggests that they will use. Actually, you know what? We can get. We can get. We don't need that. Um, one more email today from Gregory Bosk, twenty of Newport News, Virginia. He writes, "My friends at MuggleNet, as one of the premier sites for Harry Potter fans around the world, you hold a significant amount of sway in the minds of not only readers but Hollywood producers and filmmakers. I am a concerned fan who is enraged by the fact that the movie is to be postponed. I feel it is unnecessary for us to wait an entire eight months for the movie to be released when it is supposedly finished with production. Is there anything you can do, anyone that you can contact, anywhere that you can go to get things in motion? I am sure you are all as upset as I am. We need to move into action and motivate others." to do the same we need to let these greedy hollywood producers then it is the fans that it is the fans that control the market and we demand the movie to be released as planned all right gregory now- <laughs> listen buddy if i held sway over hollywood movie producers i would be in the damn movie okay so the the idea that we, <laughs> we have any control over this is yeah. is you know well you know what wait minimal. wait wait let me get alan horn on the phone. oh yeah call him up i mean i understand what he's trying to say but it's kind of we don't we uh, i don't know the reason i included this is because a lot of fans do think that we have a lot of power but really we don't and we don't want like people ask why don't you post petitions and stuff like that we are on the good side with warner brothers you know we have to stick with them they do a lot for us and we're they do a lot for us and a lot for the fans and we have to be appreciative of that so um and just because we don't have the same viewpoints as um a lot of the fandoms do doesn't mean that we're that we're sucking up to WB. Also, I mean, I, I get a lot of emails saying that. Well, just because, yeah, okay, you, you have to suck up to WB. That, that's why you're saying this and that. But really, you, we we have to see both sides of it. We can't just see like one side of of the whole decision making. Yeah, exactly. Making, then but, we'd be Fox News. Yeah, then we <laughs> yeah we'd be Fox. Um, yeah. No, but Matt's right. I mean. It, the fact of the matter is, it, it was just like the the case um, between Steve Vanderark and J.K. Rowling. We we couldn't sit for a whole episode. Obviously, a lot of us favored the opinion of of J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers, but we couldn't sit there and and not try and come at it from Steve's position, which which we did do. And you know, it's kind of the, like the same thing here. We need to see it from both sides. Obviously, as fans, we're not happy that the film got moved, but we also need to understand it from Warner Brothers' perspective that it's a business decision, and that's the reason why this film was moved. And you know. It, while we can all be upset and all be angry, you know, we're not going to change the fact that that right. the movie is going to be coming out next July. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and there's really nothing more to say. I just think that, you know, I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, we don't have any more power than you guys do. <laughs> so. Um, let's move along now. That's all for emails. Very short with the emails this week. But I just want to say that uh, we do have a working feedback form. It's now available on MuggleNet.com. 
So visit MuggleNet.com uh, to get all the feedback, to leave us feedback. MuggleNet.com slash feedback. Uh, you can contact any one of us uh, there and also, you know, send in rebuttals and stuff like that. So we'll get more emails soon. Uh, this Week in MuggleCast History is up next. And uh, it was actually, two, uh, no, not two years ago, but a, na- a year ago this week that we had our 12-hour live show. <gasps> Which I still tell people about, and they're like, "You did a live show for twelve hours. What did you talk about?" I don't even know what we talked about. For yeah, I, 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 th- I think you guys called um, me. Yes, I, we did. That was the first time I was ever on the show. We spoke with you and Alex Carpenter. You also um, ordered a pizza. Yes, that was fun, and my number accidentally got out on the air. Or no, my address did. That was a mistake. Uh-oh. But anyway, let's play a quick uh, clip from it, just the oh. introduction, you know, to relive it. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to MuggleCast Live. Jamie and Laura are here. Hey, everybody. Hey. We are live on the internet. Uh, this is our first ever 12-hour podcasting event. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the first ever 12-hour podcast. I would agree with you. I think that's a safe guess. That's a safe guess. Laura's at college right now. I am at college, dealing with kind of internet that's somewhat not wanting to work today, so here's hoping that it pulls through for me. Well, it's, it's holding right now, and it's, it's actually sounding better than Jamie's connection, but uh, yeah. nothing we could do yeah. about that. Um, particularly good. Jamie, this is 12 hours we're doing here. This is 12 hours, and uh, I don't think we need to tell everyone that 12 hours is an extremely long time. In 12 hours, you can do a lot. You can fly from Heathrow to America twice in a jumbo jet. You can go there and come back. Also, you can go from Heathrow to New York and back twice on Concord. Uh, You can drive almost the entire length of the UK. You can run a very long way. I don't know how far. If anyone wants to try it, please feel free. And then you can write in and tell us. You can cycle a long way. You can even walk a very long way. All right, so so we get it. (laughs) Can you tell how nervous I was? My voice was so trembling. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Oh, you were going through puberty. Laura's in college. (laughs) I'm wrong with that. How's college, Laura? still is. Uh, Yeah. uh, That was very Uh nerve-wracking. But that was a lot of fun. Mikey, you were a part of that. I was not a part points? of that. I was. Uh, what? I was at a wedding that weekend in Nantucket. I think I called You're you guys at, weddings. at like eleven oh, o'clock, right. or you called me, and I had, uh, had a few uh, beverages. And <laughs> it was the Some, end of the um, show. At that juice. point, it was you know yeah. all fun. So we had we had started at twelve p.m. Eastern on September fifteenth, and we went until twelve a.m. Eastern September sixteenth. So that was a full twelve hours. Unbelievable. I in hindsight, I wouldn't mind doing it again because it was a lot of fun and we actually did get through it. It's just a lot of planning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. imagine that you guys stayed on for that long. Well, yeah, but that was the fun of it. You know, we took like 10 minute breaks on top of every hour. And, um, you know, I looked at the Google Doc uh, a couple of days ago to see to see our schedule. I like it was so bad. Like we had each hour planned out, but like. In some of the hours, there was just, like, one email to read. That was it. I don't know what we did the whole time. But a lot of people, a lot of our listeners uh, that were listening actually did listen to the whole live show, which is insane. What was, the, what was like, the top uh, number that you received on that show? Where did it peak in, in mean, terms of listeners listener live? Oh, I completely forget. But I would say at probably at its peak, which is probably – at the very start, through most of the afternoon, probably through the night, it was uh, over seven, eight hundred people. Probably, yeah. Which is really cool that we can get that many live people in wow. at any time. Well, so. we did well the last live show too, didn't we? We had a uh, was it like fifteen hundred at one time? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's great doing those live shows. A lot of we people should do another live show it. sometime soon. Let's go live right now. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> it's too much. Maybe our next um, show. I'm yeah. just making the shit up. Well, whenever there's big news, that's when it's the funnest to the most fun to do a live show because that's when everyone's into it. So, um, moving along, we're gonna play a new segment now. Um, this is called Guess the Scene. We'll just do one so that um, you know, give you guys a little tease since Matt obviously picked these and I'm looking at them to play them. That leaves just Micah. So, um, Micah, if you do really good, we can. You know, it's fun for people to play at home too. All right. So. All right, so how this works is I'm going to play a clip from one of the soundtracks, and we're not going to tell what soundtrack it oh, is. Oh, it's a soundtrack. Guess. You you <laughs> have to guess which which scene where, it is. Where in the movie oh, this is being oh, played. Oh, okay. At. Maybe I can do that. Yeah. So I don't get told what movie it's from, though, right? right? Right. Okay, here we go. Very carefully. Something just happened. What could it be? It's something about your thought. Should we give him a hint? Sure. I think we should. This is from Chamber uh, of Secrets. Yeah, I thought so. It's like it's almost like Oompa Loompas. Oh, oh, very. Oh, you're close. Trick question. Jeez, I'm closer than you think, there, Mike. Oh, oh, something, something happened. happened. Any guesses, Micah? Okay, you can pause it. This is a separate scene. Oh, that's not. No. Um, all right. So, uh, do you have any guesses at all? I'm thinking like the beginning of the movie. Um, like a specific scene, though. No, no, I know. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry, Micah. The correct answer we were looking for was uh, when Crab and Goyle get the grab the cakes that are floating in midair. Oh, yeah, that was right at the top of it. my list. <laughs> you said Oompa Loompa, so you were close. Yeah, yeah right. you, you mentioned candy. Yeah. Um, you got another one? I, I feel like how, I need to redeem myself Yeah, we can do one more. Here. All right. Well, we'll give him a hint to start out. This is from uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, I think you said you said yourself this is one of your favorites. So yep. uh, me, it'd be too hard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe no. you didn't. I don't know. Here we go. Isn't this how the I thought that's how the movie starts. Or do I have to- No. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> that was incorrect. <laughs> what we were looking for was uh, the Dementor is hovering outside of Hogwarts. I don't even remember that. Huh? The Dementor is hovering outside of Hogwarts. That's, yeah. That's the answer we were looking for. It's during the castle scene um, when it's raining outside and all the boys are eating the candy from Honeydukes. Ah, uh, Matt got it! Well, yeah, I got to work on my prices. I'm right the one who did it. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to play that sound effect. So that's how we play Guess the Scene. Hopefully our listeners enjoyed that. Maybe they'll enjoy it more when somebody guesses correctly. Or when there's more of us to play. Yeah, yes. that's true. 
this may be hard. This may be a hard game. I think I, it kind of is. It is hard. Good try, Micah. You are first contestant, Thanks. so it's understandable. Um, so uh, we're almost done with the show today. This has been a very long episode. We'll uh, wrap things up with uh, chicken soup. Micah, mm. would you like to read it? So this week's chicken soup uh, comes from Granny. Uh, she says, I was not aware you had a MuggleCast contact problem, so just in case you did not receive this, could not call this one in. I would cry. I have downloaded your shows, not only for the fun of listening to them again, lots of times you got so close to the truth and yet so far, just missing it. If I am widowed, you will be there to comfort me. If I go blind, you will be there for me. I thank you for that. And when I was going nuts between books six and seven, you kept me sane. When movies came out and books came out, I was part of it all because you were there. Politics aside, you will grow out of it. Not sure what that means, but I do love you all. Best regards from Granny. That's very nice. She's Aww. a frequent emailer, and uh, that was very nice email, I thought. Anyway, that does wrap up our show for today. We hope everyone's enjoyed hearing some more MuggleCast. Um, to send us some parcel mail, you can always use the MuggleCast P.O. Box, P.O. Box 3151, Cumming, Georgia, 30028. You can also call on a voicemail question, comment, or listen to rebuttal to the MuggleCast hotline. Just remember to keep your question under 60 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible. Those numbers are in the United States, 128-20-MAGIC. In the United Kingdom, 020-814-0677. And if you're in Australia, the number is 028-003-5668. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. Uh, don't forget you can visit MuggleNet.com for a handy feedback form. It's MuggleNet.com slash feedback. Uh, there's also a link where the old feedback form used to be. And you can use any, uh, you can contact any one of us there, or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Don't forget, you can also visit mugglecast.com for a variety of community outlet links, including our MySpace, our Frapper, our YouTube, Blast of Fan, Facebook, and the fan listing in the forums located at mugglecastfan.net. You can also follow us on Twitter for the latest updates about the show, dig the show at dig.com, and vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley, which you have all been doing, so you're all very good listeners. Well, pats on the head there. So that does it for the show this week. Uh, thank you everyone for listening, seriously. And um, we will show? be back again soon. Yeah, it was a good show. When will we be back? We will be back next time. When's next time? We will be back next time. Uh, so to wrap up the show today, I am Andrew Sims. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Matthew Britton. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next time for episode 159. Goodbye. Bye. Later. <laughs>